Thank you. Arigato. The Your Own Pay Podcast Network. Inspiring, motivating, and educating entrepreneurs around the world. You can do it. And it's just finding the right method, mechanism, and way for you to achieve the goals you want to achieve. That's the sound of passion in the voice of a passionate, professional, blind individual. Visit yourownpay.com slash interview to learn more about today's guest. Hey there, and thank you for listening to another Your Own Pay podcast. You guys don't realize how excited I am to bring this back to you guys with the new sound of the podcast. Awesome stuff, guys. I had an opportunity to sit back and chat with the awesome Nazarene of Project Starfish, and you guys heard her in the intro. You're going to hear a lot more from this individual, and let me give you a quick introduction to her in the interview. But before I do that, we want to hear from you. Reach out, hit us up, and follow Payone on Twitter. That's at Payone. Now, as promised, here's Michael Babcock with today's episode. Make some noise. Uh, huge part of my life. I'm super excited. This is amazing right here. Your Own Pay Podcast starts now. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome back to another Your Own Pay passionate professional blind individual chat. This is your host, Michael Babcock, and we're joined for the first episode of the new season with an amazing individual who definitely is passionate about making a difference. Now, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the person we're talking with today. Nazreen is the individual who's joining us today. I'll ask her to pronounce her last name when we get into it because I don't want to butcher that, Nazreen. But Nazreen's passion is to always make a difference in the lives of others. And she's also passionate about glass art and coasters. So that's just a quick glimpse into some of the things we're going to be talking about today. And remember, Remember, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to share it with your most active social media. Nezreen, I gave you a quick introduction and a quick recap of who you are. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners? And while you're introducing yourself, before we get too deep into it, how can they get in contact with you if they're touched by this interview? Hi, Michael. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm Nezreen. Find me through my email address at Nezreen. Dot Buddha at pstarfish.org or you can give us a shout at 781-262-0520. Real quick, can you tell us who is Nazreen and why do you do what you do? So for those who don't know, Nazreen is a very charismatic, spunky, spontaneous, fun-loving individual who really likes to make the difference in lives of others. Currently, I am the CEO at Project Starfish America. Project Starfish America is an organization that helps to reskill or reshape the lives of folks with disabilities and helps them to relaunch their careers through our experiential learning platform and focuses on contemporary skill building. I greatly appreciate knowing who you are and what Project Starfish is. Why do you have a passion to make a difference in the lives of others? Michael, I once took a copy character quiz. And if anybody knows what a copy character quiz is, it kind of defines when you're done the quiz, basically your personality traits and kind of gives you words for writing that would be action verb words that would describe you or how you write. And I ended up becoming part of that quiz that I took as the nurturer slash scholar. And when I went through some of those words and ideologies of what a nurturer is and a scholar is, I realized this is me. And I've always enjoyed making a difference in people's lives because I like to see confidence they've built through my helping them If I make any difference in their lives, whether it's a simple helping them with a daily task, teaching them, training them, mentoring them, just providing even a listening ear 
sometimes that's all that's needed. Yeah, it is. And with my experiences as a former assistive technology instructor in Alaska, one of the things that got me up in the morning made me want to actually go and sit at my desk, pick up the phone, answer voicemails, and work with clients. With Hearing the transformation of people when they realize, yes, I did go blind at 45 years in life. Yes, I did lose my ability to drive a car, but you know what? I can use an iPhone and I can use a Macintosh computer. You kind of briefly explained it, Nazarene, but how are you making a difference in people's lives through Project Starfish? And what do you enjoy most about making those differences? Well, you're, you're spot on there. Personally and professionally, I really do enjoy making a difference in people's lives in the sense professionally, like I said, I like to see people grow, evolve, transform themselves. And then, you know, I like to watch them through that journey and see how that they would evolve to the other side professionally so that they have great skills. They've come in sort of timid and shy because they're disabled and they're not sure what to do now with themselves or later in life, if they have, you know, that transition of being diagnosed with a disorder of some sort, what do I do with myself? How do I reskill myself? How do I still feel valued and have quality? So, these are the kind of things when people come into the Project Starfish on a professional note, really makes me feel like I've done something really worthwhile and really good to help nurture people, how grow, grow them, train them, teach them, provide skills that I learned over the last couple of years. I've only been using assistive devices since about, it's almost six years now. And so to me, that was a transition and I had to learn the hard way. I had no people guiding me or holding my hand. I had to realize that life has changed. I had to accept the new way of life and embrace it and figure out for myself, you know, step one, two, three, four, uh, set goals, and then try to achieve them. Learning to use a screen reader and then sort of scaling up from that and doing it by myself to get to where I am today was a, a feat that uh, I accomplished. But it was something that I realized many other people may not have the quality or the personality to do so for various different reasons. And so when I actually see people coming into the organization, sort of at that deer in headlight, timid way, shy, unsure, and when I turn around and take all the experiences I have, both what I've gained in the last six years with the world of AT, plus my own life experiences, I really like to put that couple together as a formula and help people grow themselves within the organization. So that to me is really rewarding and refreshing. My passion really oozes out about that because if I believe in a cause and I believe in a system and I believe in you, I will go the extra mile and I will put my extra time and effort into making sure to grow you and get you and help you to scale where I think and we think you ought to go. That is sort of how my passion kind of comes out professionally. Six years ago. Six years ago seems to be the tipping point. Can you take us six years ago, 2010, 2011, let us know what happened and how your life changed? Well, my life had changed prior to that. I was married at one point and then I happened to go through a divorce and uh, in that sort of uh, space, I was a domestic engineer, as they call it. So that's a, a fancy schmancy word for housewife. And in that space and time, my focus was really on kind of dealing with the divorce and all that I was going through with that. And also raising my daughter at the time and trying to adapt to single motherhood life and what that all entails. And so I was dealing with all of that. One thing that I had given up was technology because technology had changed. And I had realized I didn't a, have room for technology in my life at the time. And I have an information technology background. Maybe you've all heard of the DOS days. Well, that's me and WordPerfect and Lotus and all those good stuff that I did in college. And 
So I ended up having this sort of space where I was focusing on just raising my daughter and, and healing myself and going through whatever I needed to go through. When I came to the other side, I realized, you know what, I'm missing something here. And that was technology. And it was when my daughter became um, around the sixth grade and I had to start going back onto computers because she was newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the time. There was a lot of stuff that I had to do on the computer as far as getting protocols in place for her at the school level, coming up with nutritional charts and protocols for food and dietary needs because there really wasn't anything at our at our board level here. And so therefore the school was, I don't think they had anybody with type 1 diabetes come through. And so they were all about you know, up in arms about bodily fluids and functions and this and that, and where should we let her check her sugars and this and that. And they had all these ridiculous ideas and um, and all those things had to be set straight. So I really needed to get back on technology. And I realized, okay, I can still type. Yay. <laughs> My eyesight has also started to change then. Um, and so I was like, okay, I can still type. And so we worked as a team in the beginning until I got a screen reader. We would work as a team. I would get into this, the program applications I needed to be in, whether it was a body of an email or a Word doc. And I would just, you know, hammer out all my material that I needed. And then she would do all the proofreading. And so then finally, somebody had brought a, a, to my attention that there was a program where I live here that can help you federally. So I reached out to them and then, you know, the rest is history. I, I got my computer, uh, my laptop and start off with Windows 7. And then I decided, well, I know nothing about a graphical user interface because I came from a command line interface, right? <laughs> so I was like, what is this thing? I, you know, um, so then I ended up deciding what should I do now? So I, I re-educating myself or reskilling myself and then, uh, finding the right, um, places to find the information I needed so I can operate these screen readers and understand the technology behind them and the sensory behind them to then taking more online advanced college courses that really gave me more in depth and really got my juices flowing and gave me the skill sets that I really needed. And then once I finished that, I'm like, okay, what do I do now with myself? Oh, I'm ready for some sort of employment because now my, my daughter's definitely expanded into the double digits and she doesn't no longer need me. <laughs> She's a teenager now. <laughs> You're cramping my style. <laughs> exactly, Michael. So I was like, okay, I need to now focus on myself and I need to do some stimulating work with all the knowledge that I've just acquired, acquired with screen readers in this sort of lifestyle now. And um, then I came across Project Starfish and then, well, the rest is history there. So here I am. With your passion of making a difference in lives, what type of tools do you mm -hmm. find yourself using on a daily basis? A lot of technology I use would be computer screen readers, iDevices, tablets that are, you know, speech recognition, uh, things of that nature. A couple of other tools, you know, I use sometimes as my barcode reader for food and, and reading packages and, and things of that nature. But when you come from completely fully sighted to having change, you have already one vantage point, And that is that you have a system adapt that you can always levitate back to when you're doing day-to-day -day things. So you're already customized and programmed to do many things that you normally would did before. So it just is slight suggestion, but the regularly you can just go around doing anything you, you know, in your domain that you normally did just a little more cautiously, but the routine and the practice is still there. If you understand what I mean. It's like the old saying, old habits die hard. And yes, yes. You know, once you're doing things in your own way, it doesn't matter if you have vision or not. I mean, yeah, you're going to get limited and you have to find more creative ways of doing some things. 
You are, according to your bio, you mentioned that you're very good at problem solving. How would you say problem solving has impacted your life and the lives of others? Problem solving to me, it's not something that, you know, it was boom, I could could do it. It was something that I had to develop over time. And sometimes our problem solving mechanisms, you know, that sort of the, the tools that can develop come out of, you know, hard times or come out of disappointment or come out of struggles. And therefore you have to kind of look at, you know, the flip side is always the negative. We all know that. But when it comes down to, if, you know, if you spear away from that, then you have to really focus on how do I resolve this? Where, what do I have to do to get to the other side? And that's when the, your problem solving skills kind of develop. And a lot of problem solving skills, I mean, I don't have any formula for this, to be honest with you, that can be put in a bottle and shared with everybody. But, <laughs> but the basic ones, if I may, are sometimes, you know, are just very simple ones like instinct, logic, practicability you know, weighing the pros and cons of a situation, you know, speaking to friends and saying, here's a problem and I'm, I can't seem to get the right answer. Give me some brainstorming, you know, let's do some brainstorming on it. Doing some research on the internet. Now, you know, the internet is a vast body, a depth of knowledge out there for everybody. There's nothing you can't find out there and kind of re-educating yourself on your, this to help you solve that problem. So those would be mostly my hierarchy tools for problem solving. And the main ones, sometimes I go back to the sensory would be instinct and gut. And if this is, this sounds right, is this doable? And like everything else in life, we often overcomplicate it when all you need to do is go back and follow your gut feeling or use logic to determine what you should do in this situation. So thank you for for taking us back to the basics, Nazarene. I appreciate it. We've got two more questions before we get into my favorite segment of the chat that we have every week, which is the top four. And these two questions are a bit more fun. Let's get to know Nazarene a bit more on a personal level. In that bio, you mentioned that you are Fond of coasters. Roller coasters, correct? Yes. <laughs> now, what are some of your funnest experiences with roller coasters? And why are you fond of them? Is it, is it the adrenaline rush? What is it about roller coasters that gets you? Absolutely. I love the G-force taking you away. And knowing that hopefully out of you know 99.9% .9 of the time, you are uh, in safety measures, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there is that 0.1% of the time. I absolutely love coasters. I'm a kid at heart when it comes to amusement parks and coasters. Once I see them, I, I'm on them and I have a couple of favorites. So, but What are your favorites? Well, where I live here down, you know, about 40 minutes down the road really is uh, Canada's Wonderland. And they put up a whole bunch of uh, coasters. And my favorite one is Bohemoth. It is an awesome, awesome ride. It's one of those coasters that imagine you can sit in the coaster cart. There's, you know, two in front that are right beside each other, side by side. They can hold hands. And the two in the back of this particular cart are separated with a, like a U-shaped bar between them. So the two back people are really jutting outside of the two in front of you. And that's where I like to sit. And, <laughs> and you sit in this captain's seat and all you have in front of you is this big wheel that's your lap bar. It's a wheel. You can hold on to it like a steering wheel. Nothing else above you, Michael, and just the floor rest and nothing and on the and nothing else around that. And when you go up, you know, three hundred and sixty degrees straight up and you come flying straight down, there's nothing like it. It's an experience of a lifetime that if if, if you like adrenaline, you definitely it sounds like need to experience it. I got I gotta go to Canada now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, well, we're taking everybody these days. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
and you can hear that passion about customers in, in your voice too. It's it's one of those things that that correct me if I'm wrong, but it helps you get away from get away from reality for a minute or two. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a great stress reliever. If you've been at an amusement park for a day on coasters over and over again, and, and different ones, and by the time you come home, you you've really saw your stress for the year. It's fantastic. On a different passion of yours or a different uh, uh, thing that you enjoy out of that bio, opposite of coasters, because if you have one in your pocket, it's probably going to break. What's up with your passion for, for glass? And is it blown glass or what type of glass art are you fond of? So there's a story behind this, Michael. See, when I was a young little girl, my um, uncle used to work for uh, Consumers Glass here where I live. And they're an organization company that used to make beer bottles. And you know everybody knows beer bottles are brown and boring and blah, blah, blah. Well, one day he came home with this really cool statue in blue and it was made out of glass and it was a woman and a man sort of wrapped around in a togo sheet and it had all the beautiful crevices and carved out etchings around it. And then I thought, wow, this is beautiful. And I thought glass colored like this. And then the next time he brought home in that same bluish tone, a beautiful vase, which also had bevels on the outside of it. And when the light would hit through it, I would be sitting there mesmerized by the kaleidoscope of colors coming off through that translucent like through that. And I was really mesmerized as a little girl by that. So I thought this is beautiful. And my love for glass art kind of started there. And then after that, for many decades, I hadn't seen glass art around. I, it just wasn't around. Then I came across some glass flowers in a, a nearby store here a few years ago. And I saw, and I, I had to have them. I thought, this is exactly what I love. And so I bought the whole bouquet of flowers. And, um, and again, I, I, I put them in a clear vase. And I just love the shape, the ideology of glass art. And then they add um, an Italian designer came up with um, some glass art that he was called, called Gala Glasses. So it's a company out there. It's probably still on the web somewhere. And he was a, a gentleman out of uh, Italy who would put together glass figurines and, and they would be etched in 24 karat gold. So when I saw this in our mall every Christmas come by, I started buying the pieces, little hummingbirds and little water fountains and hummingbird bath thingies. And, and all, I love the birds, but they had all kinds of animals, all kinds of things and flowers. And my love for glass art grew even more. And, and stained glass art is something I've always loved. If you guys visit, you know, cathedrals and, and uh, churches and things, and, you know, you've seen the glass, stained glass art windows and panes. It also kind of stemmed from there. But more, it kind of just grew over the years when I became to realize that there was other uh, uh, articles out there of glass art that's come into the into the market. One of my passions that I like to sort of on my bucket list like to do is go visit a glass art factory and blow some art. Uh, sorry, <laughs> blow some glass and see how that comes to shape and, and be involved in that. I think that would be fantastic. I mean, it would be something on my bucket list and, and, and something in my life that I would really like to try and do. Uh, I know it's going to be very hot and humid in there and all that good stuff, but it's something that I would really like to try and do and see what I, uh, I if you know, um, be part take part of so that's where my uh, love for glass art has come and I still love glass art the only thing with glass art is that you have to be so careful because you end up breaking your pieces <laughs> but it, it makes some amazing art uh, something that I've never seen uh, however I can appreciate the intricacies. In yeah I cannot talk I do appreciate how intricate it can be and uh, it's it's definitely uh, an exciting exciting art it's time for the top four with today's passionate professional blind individuals on the Your Own Pay podcast. Don't forget to share with your most active social media network if you enjoy today's chat. This podcast is made possible thanks to the blind way forward. Live your life, do things you love, and discover new experiences.
blindwayforward.com. With that said, let's get back to it. Check out Marlon's site, The Blind Way Forward, if you haven't yet. Great, great project that he's got going on. Now, let's get into the top four, Nazarene. These are the four questions that will make a huge difference in someone's life if they decide to act on the knowledge and the education you bring to them in this top four section. Let's start it out with number one, and that is, what is one online service or application you could not live without? Believe it or not, Michael, it's a very simple application, but... I'll tell you the story behind it. It's Voice Dream Reader. And you may be wondering why that app. Very simple. Coming from a world being, you know, fully sighted, et cetera, et cetera, and going into transitive change, listening to music is a lot easier to adapt to. But when you have to adapt uh, and, and have the change, you know, and then you try to read books and you know, audiobooks, it's a different beast altogether. It's very difficult trying to wrap your mind in the beginning around um reading books and having somebody read it to you like that when all your life you've read print by glancing at it it's always been sort of something that's you know read in your mind you have this sort of voice that is your own speaking to you as you're reading and seeing the words in the pages as well as that you know when you're reading uh print you also look at spelling and you look at you know you you come to understand new words and how they're used in context and you can see the spelling and they 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 stay with you in your mind as a photo uh in your mind because you know you and you can reflect back to them but that was a very difficult thing for me to do when i had to start reading books i was like i this is this isn't entertaining to me this is boring this isn't like music where i can tap my foot to the beat or something right so i had to actually rewire and rework my mind to think of that so i love that app and i love the fact that i can you know use different mediums from dropbox to bookshare to gutenberger to whatever it is on there um to download my material and now i am an avid user and i can avidly read audiobooks thank you for for mentioning that app simply because and and here's why i am an audio guy i've been blind all my life so i have no problem with listening to audio but I've recently been using Bookshare more. And someone suggested, Michael, if you want to read Bookshare books on your iPhone, pick up Voice Stream Reader. I have not picked it up yet, although after hearing your passion about it and, and how easy it is to, to use it, I will definitely look into Voice Stream Reader. Thanks for that glowing recommendation. If you could give one piece of advice for someone who is pursuing their passions, what is that one piece of advice you would give them? I would tell them never give up. If you're passionate about something, it has to come from your heart and emulate outward. And if you're very passionate about something, don't give up, pursue it, find your goal in it, continue it, no matter how much it may be difficult. It may take you a while to get started. It may be take baby steps before you actually get to the level you want to achieve, but don't give up. Don't be disheartened. Don't be discouraged. Let the passion from within you exude out from your heart. And that's what true passion is about. It's about from your heart, through conviction, through understanding that you'll be able to achieve the goal you want. And it's just this electrical energy that also accompanies when you put those pieces together and call it passion. Simple and something that we all know. Never give up and and go after your passions. How have books made an impact on your life? I'm so glad you asked that because now books have really made an impact on my life because now that I'm using tools to help me read them and I understand them, uh, the concept of audiobooks much better, I'm able to now tap into the world once left behind. For those who don't know, I used to work in a bookstore for five years and um, I really enjoyed reading and I was, there was nothing, you know, not much that I didn't read and I really enjoyed reading. One trick for me 
I will tell you is that reading in my iPhone or reading through my iPod didn't do it for me. I just couldn't, I couldn't get to read from that. It was until, um, not until I picked, well, you know, got an iPad one day for, uh, one time for my birthday and I started reading audiobooks on my iPad. I felt that connection back to that void that I missed and lost. There's nothing like holding a book in your hand, filtering through the pages and smelling the book itself. There's, there's this, you know, some great euphoricness coming through that. And I missed that because I had, you know, like I said, worked in a bookstore for five years and I, I there's no book I hadn't seen and, and no book I hadn't shelved. And going back to the iPad and reading through the iPad really helped me, I think, push me over the edge to to be able to embrace audiobooks at a much easier speed. And that's what I continue to read all my books on. And now I've kind of delved into, you know, Nicholas Sparks and I'm reading Brian L. Wise right now, you know, Many Masters, Many Souls and, and stuff like that and, and other stuff. And like I said, through the charm of Bookshare, I, I can, you know, read as much as I want whenever I want. So through just maybe changing the device, which I did, and then readapting, reprogramming myself, reading to me is now more, a lot more enjoyable on the audio level than it ever has been. I love it. And, and that coincides and that, that definitely uh, brings us to our next question, which is talking about technology. Nazarene, we were introduced to the iPhone 10 years ago this, I think it was June. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were introduced to the iPhone 10 years ago. What are you excited about? And man, how much that has changed changed our lives in the past 10 years. Technology in the next 10 years is going to be changing a lot out there for the world, really. And folks with disabilities, I'm hoping we don't get left behind with IoT of things coming into place. That's Internet of Things, Androids coming in, you know, just taking, um, you know, doing our deliveries and doing all kinds of things that, you know, humans used to do at one point. I mean, technology to me, it's only got to get better, but I'm hoping in the scheme of things that the folks out there who are these big moguls putting technology together, don't forget us, you know, folks with disabilities and forget what we use and how we, you know, use it. Today, Apple may be doing great and, you know, other Windows and Google may be doing great with their products and whatnot, but I'm hoping down the road that they only enhance it better so that we get better optimization out of it and that they become, you know, that they're still part of the fabric of who we are what we do. I mean, for people with disabilities, technology is something we cannot get away from. As much as we try, we turn it off and we just sit outside into the sun, the gazebo for a couple of hours. But it, it, it's still, we still go back to technology because we need it in our day to day. So I'm really on that sort of fence of hoping that they don't forget us and our needs as they evolve, make it easier for humans to kind of step out of many different, you know, career points and allow machines and technology to take over there really needs to be a space where disabled people still have to have the opportunity to be involved in. I mean, when it came to this no speaker uh, jack on the latest iPhone, I'm not, I, I, you know, I didn't get that phone. I opted back to the one I, the 6S because, well, I needed head, I use headphones all the time and I don't want to be in a predicament where I need, I'm in a meeting or I'm doing something with my device and my, um, you know, the juice of my Bluetooth speakers go out. What am I going to do then? So to me, some, some things should still be left conventional as new technology emerges. 
It's been amazing today. I really want to thank you for hanging out with me and you've given me some insight. And hopefully she's giving you some insight to think about life uh, and, and going after your passions. And I greatly appreciate it. One last thing, Nazarene. Let's go ahead and give you an opportunity to share your contact information with people one more time and give any last parting pieces of advice. And then we'll wrap it up today. First of all, I want to just say that you can reach me at nazarene.blue.pstarfish.org. My Twitter handle is at Nazreen1968 through the phone at 781-2620-520. If you have any questions, queries, or would like to know more, a little bit more about what I do or, or want to become involved with Project Starfish, that's how you can reach me there. Michael, I just want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Uh, this has been a blast to hang with you. I really enjoyed it very much. And I just want to tell the listeners out there, you know what? Stay true to yourself. Things happen in people's lives. Find great coping mechanisms. Hold on to your passions and dreams and goals and don't let anybody tell you you can't do it because you can do it. And it's just finding the right method, mechanism and way for you to achieve the goals you want to achieve. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.